This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, hello, happy Easter, and welcome to the show. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, a bevy of dentists will join us in studio. We'll talk about teeth in one day and all sorts of other offerings from the fine folks at BC Perio. Uh, Lots of information during this National Oral Health Month coming your way moments from now. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Far too often lately, this segment has opened with another tale of retail contractions, store closures, job losses, etc. But today, there's a bit of a reversal going on, at least with one big U.S. retail chain, JCPenney. We reported a couple of months ago that JCPenney had decided to close 138 stores. But this week, the company announced it's going to delay the closures. Not permanently, but the closures will be set back for a while. Why? Because suddenly people have started shopping there again. Now, the company knows when you announce a major chain store closure, lots of people come out for nostalgia reasons, and JCPenney is a big U.S. retail name, or maybe just to find a good deal. But in this case, the numbers are clear. Better than expected customer traffic. So the stores and their employees get a temporary reprieve. Eventually, those liquidation and clothing sales, or closing sales rather, will begin, but not for a while yet. And while we're on the subject of sales and deals, according to Consumerist.com, some of those everything must go, going out of business sale locations may not be the bargain havens you thought they'd be. There are a few basic problems for shoppers to consider when they head towards those store closing sales signs. You need to remember that items most likely will be sold on an as-is basis with no returns. So how much of a discount would convince you to give up the ability to return merchandise, even if it's defective. The calculations might be different depending on what you're buying. You can carefully inspect clothing, but it's hard to predict how long a dishwasher will last. Usually, all delivery issues are yours to figure out as well. Also, the discounts will gradually increase but the merchandise will be pretty picked over. Customers at U.S. consumer electronics retailer H.H. Gregg, currently in bankruptcy and shutting down all operations, are saying their closing sale reductions are small, and merchandise is marked down only 10 to 15 percent so far. So pay attention to the smaller print on those ads, too. As always, it's buyer beware. Homework really matters, too, because there are real deals to be found and reputable sellers, too. Take the time to know the merchant or take the risk. It usually boils down to price, and for goodness sake, don't be bashful about bargaining. Get in there and go for your number and stick to it. Though we're certainly not immune to these big retail closures in the States, Canada does seem to be a bit healthier retail climate. Case in point, Loblaws said Thursday it plans to open 30 new stores and renovate more than 500 existing stores as it continues to adapt to changes in the food retail sector. The grocery and pharmacy giant said the investment includes the continued rollout of its click-and-collect e-commerce program, improved health and wellness services, and the inclusion of fresh food at select shoppers' drug mart locations. Loblaws said the moves will invest about one 
$1.3 billion into the economy and create an estimated 10,000 retail, trade, and construction jobs. The New York Auto Show is on right now, but the big action in the car biz this week was on the New York Stock Exchange, where, ever so briefly, in the middle of the week, Tesla actually outvalued General Motors. The reason? Tesla announced it's going to build a semi-truck, a pickup, and a convertible. And as the kid says in the TV hockey ad, the crowd went wild. Well, Tesla says we'll see an electric semi-truck this September that should create a buzz all by itself. The pickup should be on the road in less than two years. And the other part of the announcement, the fun part, Tesla will bring back the Roadster, its very first model, as a convertible. All this brand new stuff will follow the final unveiling of the Model 3 sedan this July. Tesla's value is now just a whisker under $50 billion. And founder Elon Musk praised his team this week, calling their work seriously next level. Tesla stock sits at an even $304 this weekend. And finally, great news for us all here in Vancouver. The money tap has been turned on again in the cruise ship industry. The Star Princess arrived on Tuesday to kick off the 2017 season, which will feature newer, bigger ships carrying even larger numbers of passengers. This year, it's all about the newly expanded Panama Canal, which opened last June and which will see those now larger ships dropping off over 840,000 passengers, an average of 16,000 a day during peak summer season, a seven-year high. Here's the math you need to know. The Port Authority is expecting 237 vessels to visit this season. They estimate each vessel generates nearly $3 million for our local economy. That total? $711 million. And that represents a lot of jobs and activity, especially downtown. By the way, the first crazy cruise ship weekend this year downtown, with three ships docking the same day and 14,000 passengers moving around, will be the first Saturday in May, the 6th. Yes, it is fantastic that all this waterfront buzz reaps huge financial rewards for us all. It's just not a lot of fun. Okay, it's no fun at all to try to drive in the city center those crazy cruise ship weekends. You've all been warned, and we will remind you as we get closer. May the 6th. Those are some of the stories we're following this week, and we'll look at a few more later in the show. We'll also have a steel report with guest reporter Jody Vance on organic foods a little later on. Coming up in just a few minutes, three, count them, three dentists in studio for National Oral Health Month here on Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Cloudy skies in downtown Vancouver. Good morning. It is 11.15 on this Easter Sunday. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Wealth. Count them, three dentists. April is National Oral Health Month, according to the Canadian Dental Association. And it's always a pleasure to welcome our first two guests from BC Perio in Vancouver and Coquitlam. Back to the show, Dr. Ron Zokel and Dr. Bobby Birdie are back with us. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, Sterling. It's good to have you with us. Uh, April being National Oral Health Month. 
month uh, for you guys, for dentists in the trenches every day of the week, is Oral Health <laughs> Month, isn't it, Bobby? Absolutely. You know, we're, we're working on patients every day, and it's, uh, it feels like it never ends. But that being said, it's rewarding and fun. Well, you know, what we're noticing, and the reason I brought this up in the first place, Dr. Ron, was because of the frequency of television ads. The dentists of B.C., uh, certainly, and I imagine they're doing it elsewhere in Canada as well, have, have created a series of commercials, basically just telling people some oral health basics. For example, there's a dentist who comes on and says, if you like your pop and, and, and orange juice and other sugary drinks, uh, enjoy. But after you have them, just give your mouth a rinse with, with plain water, and that just really helps the wear and tear that sugar products create on teeth. That's pretty common sense stuff, isn't it? Well, it is. And uh, I, I think the important thing to realize is what we're trying to do is for Dental Health Month is make an awareness, get the awareness back out in the public. And there are things by giving tips like that, we're making a, uh, an effort to provide a benefit as well. So a little bit of knowledge here, a little pearl there. It's a good thing. Now, Dr. Bobby, the, uh, we are an information society. We, we love our Google machines. <laughs> and, and, and as a result, uh, you know, and we were talking about this earlier, in, in, in other pra- practices that you've had over the years, people were less, shall I say, discriminating, that they would take your word a- a- as gospel, and that would be that. And now, that let's, oh, okay, well, thank you for that suggestion, doctor. <laughs> now I'm going to go and, and, and do a little homework and, and maybe get a second or third opinion. Uh, we're just we're just more insistent on information, aren't we? You know, it's, it's true, but I think it's also quite advantageous. I love it when patients come or people come into the office and they're well-informed when they've already looked you up and they've already checked videos out and they've you know checked out treatment and they're well-informed because they have very good questions to ask and they're also much more serious about treatment and, and just want to really want to know more about their own health. Right, so good information, there's, there's no such thing as too much of that, is there, Dr. Ryan? As long as the information is good, you're absolutely right. That's right. And so there, and then again, during National Oral Health Month, this is where the whole dental profession makes sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of good basic information, right? Absolutely. People need to be informed and, and just continue to... to uh, progress with their own health, especially in a month like this. All right. It's time for the big reveal here, Dr. Bobby Birdie. You brought a friend and a colleague to our uh, show for the, for, the, for the first segment, at least. He's on the staff uh, uh, teaching at the University of Southern California at Los Angeles. He has just returned from a lecture series in India. He's on his way back in that general direction to deliver a series of lectures in Malaysia in a couple of days. He popped into Vancouver to see his old pal, Dr. Bobby Birdie, and you brought him to the radio today. And thank you for that Please introduce your guest. Sure. So I'm uh, introducing Dr. Saad Jivraj. Uh, Saad is a, is a world-renowned prosthodontist, um, one of the faces of, of the teeth-in-one-day type of protocol throughout the world. He's, he's, a, he's an innovator, uh, a great practitioner, and just a great guy. And he's really you know, helping everyone understand how predictable this treatment is throughout the world. And it's happy to see him. How are you doing, Saj? Um, good morning. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here and great to be amongst good friends. Well, and welcome back to Vancouver, Dr. Jivraj. I know you've been here many times before, and this is just a pleasure visit this time because you've come here in the past to lecture to British Columbia dentists and other Canadian dentists at conferences in the past. So when, you are, when you're off to Malaysia in a couple of days to deliver your next series of lectures on Teeth in One Day... Tell us what you tell people, because you lecture dentists rather than consumers, right? Correct. Now, whenever we start talking about teeth in one day, most dentists are very doubtful that this is even possible. And you can imagine if dentists are doubtful, imagine what patients are thinking, Mm -hmm. right? So our job really becomes to try and not convince the dentist, but to explain to them on a scientific basis what we do and how we do it. And then it 
you know, teeters down to the the public and explaining to the public as to why this is possible. Can you uh, in, uh, in take a, a few moments? You've got both dentists and the public. Uh, you have our undivided attention. Run us through the basics of teeth in one day, please. Okay, I'm going to start with a, a story. Okay. Of one of my patients that I treated a few years back. Um, our patient, Kim, came to see us. She hadn't been to see the dentist in 25 years. Um, she'd had a not-so-favorable experience and decided that now it was the time to to get take care of her teeth. Now, unfortunately for her, all her teeth needed to be removed. And one of her her fears was that, you know, if you take my teeth out, you know, I don't want to walk around without with dentures or without teeth. You mm-hmm. know, I, I really don't want to do that. And this is where the teeth in one day protocol was established. So I started mentioning to her that, you know, we can literally take your teeth out, place dental implants and provide you teeth in one day. And she said, that's unbelievable. I've been to many places, and they all tell me that I have to wait 6, 12, 18 months before I get teeth. How does this happen? So I tried to describe it in a very simple analogy. I say to the patient, I said, Kim, I said, if you were to go to, if, if you were to break your leg, unfortunately, what would happen? She says, I'd go to the ER, and at the ER, they're going to put a cast on my leg. Right. And I said, what's the purpose of this cast? They say, it's to hold the fractured segments together so they don't move so that the fracture heals. I said, teeth in one day is exactly the same. We place the implants, and the teeth we put on is to prevent the implants from moving so that the implants heal. Now, just like you wouldn't jump up and down on a broken leg, I wouldn't expect you to eat apples, Mm -hmm. carrots, stuff like that straight away. You can eat most soft foods, you know, salmon, pasta, rice, and really live a, a very fulfilled, you know, next six months. And after six months, once the full healing has happened, we can then go ahead and fabricate um, your final teeth. I suppose what's what's most difficult to imagine, because uh, and, and there are a couple of things that I want to go back to the unfortunate incident 25 years that caused her to avoid dentists for that long. But the whole matter of if you remove a, a person's teeth, there's all those holes in that person's mouth where those teeth roots were. So do you actually, while it's still uh, just raw having just extracted the tooth, do you turn right around and put the basis for the implant in the same socket right away? Is that how it works? That's a great question, and this is a concern a lot of the patients have. And essentially what happens is that the implants are not actually placed right into those holes where the teeth are removed. Oh, okay. They're placed in between them. And when they're placed in between them, when we put the teeth on in the same day, the teeth are supported by the implants. This is very different to having your teeth removed and having a denture, something removable placed, because that denture is moving around all the time, and that can cause a lot of discomfort. Right. Now, with these teeth being on the implants the same day, they're very stable. They're not moving around. The patient is eating and functioning almost like normal. And literally, there's not much pain involved. You talk about a six-month period during which time there's a a healing process required. Pretty safe to assume that for the first few days, things would be a little tender, right? Um, They'll be a little bit sore after any surgery, but nothing really untoward. Nothing. um, I, I haven't had any patients complain of any major pain. And that is actually very surprising. And how much lead-up time? Uh, uh, I understand now that you can perform the surgical process of, of extracting teeth and replacing them in one sitting. But how much lead-up time is required to understand what's going on in that person's mouth and diagnosing what has to be removed or not? How many visits typically would take place before the all-important uh, surgery? 
prior to the surgical day, we have two, maybe three visits, um, and that's really technology-based. You know, there are you know a lot of uh, some practices around the U.S., typically BC Perio, that have state-of-the-art technology, right, which right. allow you to have the procedure done as quick as possible. For example, we have patients that come into our office and say to us, oh, I, I'm getting married in four weeks, and I don't like my teeth, and I want to look good in my wedding pictures. Okay. And literally, we do it that same week. Interesting. Bobby, you're, you're, Dr. Birdie is, is not, uh, nodding vigorously. Clearly, you've had this happen to you personally. Well, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing. With the, we've had exactly the same story where a lady came in last summer and said, you know, Bobby, I, I want to I wanna have teeth for my – it wasn't for her wedding. It was for her son's wedding. Okay. And, I, you know, I haven't had nice teeth my entire life. And, you know, I, I want to be there in the wedding photos and have my, you know, have my face – hold my face up high. But the photos are going to be on me. The video is going to be on me. And I want to have a nice smile. And I said, well, how long away – far away is the wedding? I said – she said, it's in three weeks. I said, well, how about you come in tomorrow? And uh, and we – in our office, with the, with the amount of digi- digital technology we have – you know, we, we break it down basically to a single visit. You come in for one visit, we can take all of our records. If it's a separate visit just for the records appointment before we do the treatment, that's it. Mm. And then we get it done for 99% of the cases. And it allows for someone who needs this done in, in a hurry for us to be able to provide that for them. And they get a beautiful smile on a day. It's amazing. And Dr. Ron, that flexibility is, <laughs> is, is, a, be- is a hallmark of BC Perio. You can accommodate people on quite short notice. For certain, that's absolutely true, and I have an experience as well. I, I had a lady come in with a long span front bridge, and, her, and it broke, and, and she was leaving for Hong Kong in five days, and there was no solution. So uh, we took a set of impressions, a lab rushed a denture uh, to us, and we, and we appointed her three days afterwards, took the balance of her teeth out, put the implants in, and delivered the teeth on those implants that same day. And she still had a two-day leeway before leaving for Hong Kong. And that's, and that's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Dr. Givraj uh, from Los Angeles, uh, you mentioned your, your test patient from that woman who had, who had to, unfortunately, have most of her teeth removed because she had avoided dentists for a, a period of, of like 25 years. That happens, doesn't it? People, you, you have an unfortunate experience, frequently as a child or a young adult, that just puts you off so much that even you know even though you know in your in your in your logical mind i should be i should be seeing a dentist i'm experiencing oral discomfort i need to see a pro that that psychological event that occurred years before does prevent people from doing the right thing doesn't it it absolutely does um, and i think education here is very important because most patients don't know that things have changed so much since when they had that bad experience First and foremost, the first thing the dentist should have is bedside manner. Mm-hmm. And they, they have to realize that the patient coming in is nervous. They, they really don't want to be there. And you know, we're in the service industry, so we, we have to service our patients very, very well. Now, when we start talking about teeth in a day, it's really the smile is one part of it. But the emotional, emotional consequences of giving that patient teeth back in one day, the confidence they have, the things they're able to do, the, how much they're able to smile – there's so many things it does for them. Um, it makes coming to work really enjoyable every day. 
just the the, the positive uh, experience that you provide to so many other Correct. people rubs off on you in the nicest possible way. Absolutely, yes. Well, there's not a lot to be said for job satisfaction, Doctor Birdie. It is, you know, when, as a dentist, uh, when they, when you when you take those surveys and they say, you know, what's the one of the professions that people don't like going to see? We're we're on the list for sure most times. That's right. Yeah. But you know, as a dentist, as a, as a as a specialist and providing this type of care, it's my favorite treatment to do because it's rare you can do something for someone in one day and really change the way they live their life. Okay. That's amazing. I need to take a quick break. Dr. Gibraltar, thanks so much for coming in. I'm going to open up the phone lines to our, our other guests from BC Perio. We, we do appreciate your paying us even such a brief visit. A pleasure to meet you, and uh, do enjoy uh, the rest of your visit here in Vancouver. Thank you. My pleasure. Indeed. Thanks so, much. Let's open up the phone lines. Our guests, Dr. Ron Zokel and Bobby Birdie from BC Perio, here to take your calls. And the line are, are officially open as of right now. Thank you, Tim. It's 604-280-9898. 604 604- 4-280-9898. Your calls to our dentists. It's, after all, Oral Health Month. And we're back with more. And your calls on Vancouver Consumer. 1135, welcome back to the program. I'm Sterling Fox. With me in studio from BC Perio in Vancouver and Coquitlam, Drs. Ron Zokel and Bobby Birdie. And our thanks again to Dr. Saj Givraj from Los Angeles for dropping in and paying us an ever so brief but incredibly informative visit, Dr. Birdie. That was, he's a pal of yours and thanks for bringing him in. He's a very lucid guy and the explanation of teeth in one day was terrific. Absolutely. It's not his first rodeo. He, he, he speaks like this every week. So yeah, it's great for him absolutely great well, it was great to have him here too we didn't uh, open up the phone lines just before the newscast 604-280-9898 your questions on oral health and all matters dental are welcome josie and coquitlam thanks for waiting good morning good morning um i have a question uh for my brother because he can't speak he has alzheimer's okay he's only got a few teeth left in his mouth um he does manage to eat uh, quite well if it's broken down for him, like cutting it up and everything Mm -hmm. else. So my brother and I were just speaking this morning about how we can go about getting him dentures because he reacts to pain and can get quite aggressive or violent even. Um, So I was saying he'd have to be put under uh, for this to happen. Do you have any suggestions? That's a really good question, uh, uh, Doctor Birdie. You want to, Doctor Ron? What do you want to have a go at this? Sure, and and uh, and I understand this because one of the first things that entered my mind for a person who is suffering from Alzheimer's, depending on what stage they're at, they will have different responses to to an uncomfortable situation, be right. it painful or anticipated painful situations, and that can be difficult. So I would think that a general anesthetic would be a very good way to go. Now, most general anesthesia cases are managed predominantly by oral surgeons. Right. There are general uh, anesthesia facilities where, be it myself or Dr. Birdie, uh, can utilize that. But the most important thing is the comfort of this gentleman. And and I think a coordinated effort between a prosthodontist and oral surgeon might be the way to go here. Okay. Is this making sense to you, Josie? Um, it does. However, I'm his sister, and, of course, his wife is responsible for his care, but, well... Things are the way they are. Right. He's in the hospital at this time, so we're trying to figure out how to go about getting this done. Right. Well, perhaps a, a perhaps a visit to uh, the BC Perio office in a sit-down session with his wife and other siblings uh, would be the approach that would be the best to, to coordinate a program of some kind. It would certainly be a start. Absolutely. Okay, so the BC Perio office? 
Uh, yes, there's one in Coquitlam and one in Vancouver. You're in Coquitlam, so that might be the uh, the the office for you. It, it's uh, uh, it's on Johnson Street in Coquitlam, and uh, you can give them a call and and uh, set it up, uh, set up an appointment for Absolutely. that that kind of consultation. Absolutely. Much appreciated. Thank you so very much. Oh, you're welcome, and uh, the best of luck with you. It's uh, certainly a tough case, Dr. Ron. Uh, you, you deal with patients like this, uh, and every person, of course, is an, in, an individual, unique case, but some of them present more difficulties or complexities than others. Yes. And I, I think one of the things that we must keep in mind, as, as what Dr. Javaz already mentioned, is that we are in the service industry, and we treat patients not just teeth. And we have to be very cognizant of how people are perceiving what we do, how they feel, and make sure that they are comfortable with the things that we do. And their anticipation is is under control, if you will, in that we, we rarely, rarely create pain. And uh, sometimes it takes an experience or two in our hands before you come to appreciate and, and understand that it will be a comfortable process. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Uh, Givraj talked about a bedside manner. It was one of the first things mm-hmm. he mentioned, Dr. Birdie, about uh, the approach of a good professional dentist. He's, it was right up there at the top of his list. You have to have a good bedside manner. You have to be an empathetic human being. Absolutely. You know, it, just like just what Dr. Zokol said is that we're treating people. And, um, you know, some of the few things that we ask is, uh, you know, one of the things that I sit down when, we, when I talk to a new person that I'm meeting is what are you looking for and what do you want? Because most of the times they go into an office and the practitioner tells them, this is what you need. This is what you need. And and without really finding out exactly what the patient or what the person is actually looking for, or what their desires are and what really matters to them. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're all people. You know, that's that's the best part of this job is getting to meet new people and, and really build relationships. Absolutely. Everything that happens in your mouth affects your whole body, which is why it is so important to visit your dentist regularly. This, friends, is from the website of the Canadian Dental Association during this Oral Health Month. And it goes on to say, only your dentist has the training, skills, and expertise to properly address all your oral health care needs. Regular dental exams help prevent small problems from getting worse. We have known this, Dr. Bobby Birdie since we were little kids go to the dentist regularly it's called a preventative approach you keep things down to maybe a little filling here and there and life is pretty smooth most of us find ways to deviate from that excellent advice as we get older what's the problem um, sometimes it becomes uh, you know just life gets busy and people you know just don't they lose track or they say oh it's been forever it's, I haven't seen a dentist in two years for my cleaning mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they don't want to go because every time they go, it's either a lecture they receive or it's a, uh, not a, a great experience for them. And if that's the case, then maybe it's not a good fit for them and they should find a different office that works for them. Because I do believe that in our office, we have people that come all the time, every three to six months, or people coming in for maintenance and for preventative care and long-term maintenance. And, and it's not an unpleasant situation. They're, they want to be there because they set up their appointments. They want to be there. And, and it's a very effective way of keeping things at bay. I was going to ask you, Dr. Ron Zokel, on the radio a couple of months ago when it was much more of a headline story than it is now about flossing. <laughs> and, and, and Dr. Ron says, oh, no, no, wait till, wait till Bobby's here. He, he's, <laughs> he, he's the guy to ask. So now that I've got the both of you in the room, Dr. Bobby Birdie, let's talk about this because you were talking about getting a lecture at the sure, dentist. And sure. sometimes you know, right, you get the finger wag and, you know, it's, it's like your, <laughs> your grade two school teacher and all that. Sure. So, and so, 
and then we find out after a lifetime of being lectured about flossing a couple of months ago uh, somebody important in the dental biz says well it's not particularly uh, beneficial it certainly w- shouldn't be the kind of guilty trip required thing you have to do every day uh, what do you ta- what's your take on it? how did you react to that so it was it's funny the story goes that um a uh, uh, a lawyer was in for he oh sorry the journalist was in with his son at an orthodontist office in in New York State and and uh, you know there was they were talking about it and the orthodontist said you want to have a really good story you know look it up there's not a lot of research or a lot of validity to why we should be doing flossing or not flossing okay and a lot of the studies that that uh, the, the study that he's quoting is basically a study where they say okay if you floss or if you brush is there a difference or if you floss and brush and stuff like that. And um, there's so much, uh, so many different things. There's actually just, it's funny you mention it. On Dr. Oz this past week, uh, there was a plethora of about uh, 20 periodontists that uh, he brought onto the, the, um, onto the show to discuss it. And I think, I think Stuart Fromm was there, and, or, or Scott Fromm, and there was a whole bunch of periodontists discussing the, 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 uh, the actual treatment. And just, to, just kind of understanding that, listen, flossing does matter. The studies do show and the research does show that when you floss, uh, as an addition to brushing, it's going to really help. Um, because the reason why is most of the cavities are not on the outside or on the tops of your teeth. When you get cavities, they're between your teeth most right, times. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the same thing is when it comes to periodontal disease, it's rare that you have a deep pocket in the front or the back of the tooth, it's mostly in between the teeth. Right, and the reason where you're being, supposed to floss. Exactly, and the reason being is because it's hard for you to clean. A toothbrush doesn't get there. Your fingernail's not going to get there. Right. A toothpick's not going to do the best job for you. You need something to help you. So um, uh, a, a piece of floss is a great option. A water pick or a water flosser is a great, great option. It's something that we recommend to all of our patients as well because it's refreshing. It'll get the water, get things out. And some of the research shows that that's as good as flossing at times. So it just depends on... Using something to clean in between your teeth, I think, is absolutely necessary for the long-term maintenance of your teeth. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. Because that, with that headline, a lot of people went, well, that's it for me, and threw out the floss, and that was the end absolutely. of that. And, and, and you know, only because it, it, it had been under the daily obligation, gotta, gotta, gotta yeah. do uh, kind of thing. So once it became uh, it, it, non-compulsory, uh, but you, as you suggest, uh, just because it isn't o- obligatory anymore doesn't mean it's a bad idea. No. Probably still an extremely useful thing to continue as part of your daily brushing and flossing business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You want something to clean between your teeth always. Yeah. Okay. So the take home is if you're going to put away your floss, pick up your water pick. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> okay. Exactly. exactly. If you're right. going to put away your floss, pick up your water pick. If you're going to put away your water pick, pick up a little brush that goes in between the teeth. Um, do something to clean in between your teeth because if you don't, there's going to be problems. Do toothpicks work I mean, you know, the kind you get in the the the, uh, the lumberjack special, a glass of water and a toothpick. Well, they're they're better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I, I'm not I'm not fond of the toothpick myself. Okay. Uh, however, if you're not flossing, then put a toothpick in there. Do something. But Doctor Bernie's quite right. Do something to clean the garbage between your teeth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Back to the phones here. Terry in Mission. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. I, I've had uh, two. Uh, uh, separate occasions where I've had the front tooth, upper front tooth, and the front break off. Uh, one about several years ago, and one just this past year. And what happened was uh, the dentist put a did a root canal, and he put a post in there, and and put the new ca- crown on there, and everything was fine. Um, both occasions for about a month. Then all of a sudden, uh, I started to have uh, pain up there, 
and it turned out that there's bacteria in there. The one I had to go to an oral surgeon to get it fixed, and the other one I still haven't got it fixed yet. Now, mm. how did that bacteria get up there? Because my tooth was healthy other than breaking off when I went in on both of these separate occasions. So that's a, it's a really complex question. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's not, it's not the most fun thing to go through. But um, what I'll say is uh, whenever a tooth gets broken off, a lot of times uh, a, a dentist or an endodontist, which is a specialist in root canals, um, someone's going to go in there and take out the nerve of the tooth and do a root canal. And what they do is they remove the nerve of the tooth and then fill it in up with something that's inert that the body is okay with that just seals off. But, like I said before, it's not always an exact process if there's a crack in the root or something that can't be seen necessarily on an x-ray. So if you broke the tooth off, it might have looked like it broke flat across, but there might be a, a vertical crack somewhere or some other damage that is not possible for us to detect really quickly. So if a root canal was done and then a post was done, which is just something that goes into that same space and builds up the tooth so you have something new that you can grab onto that you can put a put a cap onto, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a bad treatment. Um, it's just that when if you have a root canal, a post, and a crown on something, the chances, uh, and then you have, still have symptoms or you have infection afterwards, um, you know, retreatments of those cases. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just that at that point, when you look at that versus what it would the the success rate of an implant, the implant's going to win every time at that point. So when you've done that much to save a tooth, at that point, uh, you've really got to look at whether or not it's worth going through more to try to play a hero to to save the tooth more. Yeah, so how did the bacteria get in there when it wasn't there to start with? Um, I would say that it, it does, it's not necessarily that it wasn't there to start with. It's that when there's an actual, when you crack the root, crack the, the tooth off, yeah. if, there's an, if there's any any opening at all, even mm. a pinpoint microscopic, remember, bacteria microscopic, any small pinpoint opening into the root canal space, into the nerve space, mm-hmm. bacteria already there. So when they're doing the root canal, they're trying to clean all that out yeah. and remove all the nerves, remove all the nerve as well, and flush it out and do their best they can. But if there's a crack, there's going to be bacteria that seep into the crack, and we won't get that out at any at any time. So is anybody responsible for that? I don't think it's my fault, is it? Well, uh, probably not. You were you were in a chair and, and, and told not to move much, right, Terry? Yeah. Okay, uh, 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 Doctor Ron, this you want to have a go at that yes, one? Yes, I will. This is a delicate one, and I'm going to ask you to bear with me for a wee bit here. Yeah. When when we take a look at these type of situations and conditions, one of the things we recognize is that we have an imperfect science, if you will. We do a pretty good job at saving things, at resolving issues and such. And there are some things that we just can't do. Now, it's not a question of fault or otherwise. But the reality is, is that it's your tooth and it's the problem you received. And dentists are just there doing their darndest to help you out as best they possibly can. But we're not perfect. And it doesn't mean it's a fault of anybody. Uh, It just means that's the way it is. Now, financially, I, I, like I paid two grand to have this done, then I had to pay nine hundred to get it rectified. Now, am I responsible for all that cost? Nobody else takes responsibility. Yes, in a short word, yes. And the reason is, is that you're not buying a service that's guaranteed. You're buying time and effort and expertise and judgment from the dentist. Not buying a specific service. Now, what we do as often as we possibly can is that if we realize that it's something that we can treat and resolve, we'll probably just go back in there and retreat it for you, and most of us won't charge you a nickel for it. But some things are just not possible to retreat, and and this is where it becomes just a little bit delicate. Uh, the dentist doesn't take responsibility as an insurer for your health and safety and such, and, and I, I wish it could be otherwise, but that's just the truth. Okay. Dr. Bobby Birdie, uh, back to Terry's point about uh, having the root canal. And this is fairly common. After that, you get the the post, 
and they put a crown on that. That's pretty standard stuff. Is it possible when you have that kind of root canal work done to put an implant instead of the post and the crown instead? Sure. So the the root canal portion is the part that's actually where they remove the the nerve of the tooth. Yeah. Now and they go in with that little needle thing and they twirl sure, it around. Yeah, they call them files and different names. But right. um, at that point, if if for some reason they feel that the tooth is not savable, if there's an issue, then you would remove the root of the tooth and then place an implant. Ah, okay. Right? But if the root canal is is successful and we think that things are sealed to the best of our knowledge, then we do our very best to to put a, a build up post in there and then a crown afterwards. And it's a very predictable treatment long term. It's just a matter of. Uh, getting everything to work together as well. Okay, so uh, again, it was just a curiosity question because I've had the root canal business sure. complete with the post and the, uh, the the other the cap thing that goes on top of it. That's standard, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for your calls, Terry and Joyce and others. Uh, we are uh, fresh out of time. Uh, wanted to just create a, a couple of uh, take-homes, as you like to call them, Dr. Ron. Uh, first and foremost, a consultation visit to either the Coquitlam or Vancouver office of BC Perio is free. Correct. And that's that's a kind of an important first one. Uh, and, uh, the, and Dr. Bobby, you've talked about this, the, 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 the state-of-the-art technology and the education level of your colleagues at BC Perio, world-class. We try our very best to, to be the most up-to-date we can be and, and, and use the technology that's out there that's the latest that will help us do the very best job, the most precise that we can, and treat our patients the best we possibly can. So, yeah, I'm very proud to, to have a, a, a clinic and a, and, a, and a set of doctors that we work with that just really make our job just the very best they can be. BC Perio offices are in Vancouver on West Broadway and in Coquitlam on Johnson Street. And all the information, emails, telephone numbers, addresses, even a Google map, is on their website at bcperio.ca. Perio, P-E-R-I-O, bcperio.ca. Dr. Bobby Birdie, Dr. Ron Zokel, and to your friend, Dr. Givraj, thank you all for uh, making today a most interesting program. Thank, thank you, you, Sterling. Back Absolutely. with more on Vancouver Consumer after this. Welcome back. It is time now for The Steel Report, and today, guest reporter Jody Vance has a look at organic foods. I'm Jody Vance, and this is your Steel Report. Organic isn't the biggest draw in the supermarket anymore. When it comes to meat products, some farmers say more and more customers want their meat to be ethically raised. Trevor Newton from Sumas Mountain Farms in Abbotsford says that's been the case in his business. So I started off uh, farming as a vegetarian. It's not that we didn't want to eat meat. We wanted to eat meat, but I felt that the only way I could be certain that it was being done properly was if we did it ourselves and we began doing it ourselves. People began to inquire and ask and buy from us. In BC, farms can apply for ethical certification through the BCSPCA, which means they must submit to independent audits of animal welfare on their farms as well as random surprise checks. Where they're focused on specifically, does the animal have the freedom from hunger and thirst? Does it have freedom from discomfort? Does it have freedom from pain, injury, disease? Uh, Does it have freedom from fear and distress? And basically, and this is a big one, does it have the freedom to exhibit its normal behavior? You can find the full list of ethically certified farms in BC on the BC SPCA website or ask your local grocery what options they have. I'm Jody Vance and that's your Steel Report, the Steel Report for Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. 
Thank you, Jody. Steele and Drex, weekday afternoons 2 to 6 here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Uh, time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. A recent study out of Los Angeles looked at texting and smartphone use by young consumers and says spine surgeons are seeing a significant increase in neck and back pain among some patients, particularly young people who shouldn't be getting such pains. This is available in the Spine Journal, and the concern is if you're experiencing unusual pain at 8 or 18, how much will it affect you at age, say, 28 or even 48? Some doctors are reporting disc and alignment issues already, and the doctors are worried about even younger users who are on their phones literally almost all day. They offer some pretty common sense tips for avoiding a lot of the stress created by what they call the text neck posture. They advise hold the phone as close to eye level in front of your face as possible. Use two hands and two thumbs to create more balance for your spine. Your head weighs about 12 pounds or five and a half kilos, but its weight on your neck and back compounds quickly when you hold it on a tilt for an extended period of time. That's the wear and tear the docs are talking about. Look around you on SkyTrain next time you're writing. All those people on their phones, look at the angle of their neck over their phone. If you use a computer or laptop at work, then raise the screen up to as close to eye level as you can. And in the case of laptops, the docs recommend using a separate keyboard and mouse, if possible, to keep the screen even higher. At work, get up and take breaks and do some stretching exercises, and they mostly want you to keep a close eye on the younger phone and computer users in your life, too, as they are the next group to have neck and back problems if they don't make a few simple adjustments that you can help them to make. To our many American listeners, particularly the procrastinators, no need to freak out if you haven't finished your taxes. The IRS is giving you a reprieve until Tuesday. The usual April 15th tax deadline was, well, yesterday, on a weekend this year, so that would normally push the deadline to Monday. However, Monday is a holiday in the District of Columbia, home to the IRS. So, by law, the filing deadline for American income tax filers is until Tuesday now. By the way, in the District of Columbia, Monday, tomorrow, is Emancipation Day. That marked the day in 1862 in which over 3,000 slaves living in the area were freed. All the states that usually have an April 15 deadline have delayed their filing dates as well. A handful of states have later deadlines. Here in the Great White North, we still have a couple of weeks before our deadline, Saturday, April 30th. Aha! Since our deadline also falls on a weekend this year, official filings will be accepted until the end of the next business day, which will be Monday, May 1st. That is our program for today. Our thanks to producer Ben Dooley and technical guys Tim French and Chris Brentliger-Grant for the ride. Thank you for your calls and for joining us today. And here's the invitation to do it again next Sunday at 11, another edition of Vancouver Consumer. Stay tuned for Charmaine De Silva coming up after the news to noon right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. And happy Easter. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980.
CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.